Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. If you live outside of an urban area, as I did for the formative years of my life, the statistics on homelessness and urban poverty can be confusing. Some media outlets have reported the 2010s as a time when both homelessness and urban poverty were on the decline. But if you live in or near an urban area, as I do now, you might find those statistics confusing. I've lived for many years in both LA and Denver, and have witnessed the horrors that homelessness and poverty inflict on the lives of millions each and every day. When I lived in LA, I befriended a homeless woman named Carol who sat on the sidewalk that ran alongside Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, just outside of what was then a Barnes and Noble. For a fee, she'd let you pet her gorgeous Bengal cats. Over our many conversations, I grew to know her as smart, funny, and yet haloed by a gritty realism. I was never brave enough to ask her how she found herself out there on the streets. I didn't want to pry. Mostly, I didn't want to bring up painful memories. My guest today has impacted the lives of hundreds of people just like Carol, who find themselves disenfranchised and disadvantaged, left behind in a world that seems to trolley along without them. David Warren is the executive director of Open Door Ministries, a ministry that exists to provide practical help and hope to people in urban Denver who are homeless or low income. Welcome to Christian Curious, David. That's oh, good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. David, what do you think about the news stories that are coming out that say that the 2010s had a decline on homelessness. Is that what you're seeing in the Denver metro area? Um, uh, actually not. <laughs> That's not what I'm seeing in the Denver, Denver metro area. Um, if anything, I'd say homelessness is kind of steady or maybe even on the rise. Um, I looked at some statistics recently on just the last four years of homelessness. And um, in Denver itself, Denver City and County, They've been between three and four thousand. So the low year um, being thirty-three hundred. Last year was thirty-nine hundred. So actually, two thousand nineteen was the highest of the four years. So um, one thing I, I have heard, um, just without statistics, but just in general over the last decade, is that family homelessness has been on the rise. Mm -hmm. So more children um, have been homeless, and I think a lot of the reasons for that are um, just the rising housing costs here in the Denver metro area. Yes, it's very expensive. Yeah, it's incredible. And so, you know, a lot of families have been pushed out. And also, we've been seeing a bigger um, rise of homelessness in suburban areas. And so um, that's, I think, based on two things. One is just cities are getting more expensive to live in. So you um, you know, the, the rising housing costs in the city, it's just incredible because of gentrification. And, and so people are finding that they need to move out of the cities to find little cheaper housing. 
and so they're moving to those areas. Um, and and then families, of course, need housing, um, and it's more difficult to, you know, singles can kind of pair up with each other, and you know, four or five people can live in one house, whereas mm-hmm. a family can't really do that um, with kids, and so they end up, you know, out of their house, living in cars, um, living in hotels, um, and so I think that's part of the reason for that. I would say that that's pretty significant because homelessness has traditionally been associated with urban areas and for it to move outside of that area into suburban neighborhoods seems to indicate a larger growing problem of homelessness and actually a very concerning one. I mean, I live in the Ken Carroll area, which is pretty much the furthest out you can get from Denver. And I have seen families on the streets asking for money. Yeah, it's... It's definitely becoming an issue, and a lot of churches are responding to that, um, which is great. Um, you know, like Mission Hills Church, which has been a very suburban church, you know, in the Littleton area, now has a life center where they're providing overnight housing, they're providing a food bank. Um, I know Cherry Hills Community Church is doing a lot with the homeless in Highlands Ranch. Um, a lot of churches are starting cold weather programs where they a lot of suburban churches are starting cold weather programs where um, when it in the winter time when it's below a certain degree they'll open up their their um their building for <clears throat> a certain amount of housing i mean i would say over 10 years ago I, I didn't hear about any of those kinds of things like in the early 2000s now they're so common that it's almost surprising when a major or a major suburban church doesn't have a program like that That really stokes my interest because I would love more churches to know about the efforts that that these churches, the initiatives these churches are taking to take care of the homeless. I've actually toured the Life Center and for Mission Hills Mm -hmm. and my my daughter Vivian, she's eight years old and she's she's always said she often says, Mom, when I grew up, I want to have a store. And I don't want to charge for the food because you shouldn't charge for food because everyone needs to eat. And so I've been trying to get the director, um, Kara Runyon, to to lead me through, lead me and Vivian through the the food pantry so she can see what a store looks like for free food for people. Just to show her that this actually exists. This is something that that people are doing. And I think that there are so many churches with facilities that that could house people whenever there is cold weather yeah i mean it's the church is an incredible resource um in our in our metro area and all over america but there's so much that churches can do it's interesting you mentioned kara um she used to work for open door ministries oh did she yeah then we lost her to mission hills but oh no (laughs) (laughs) we forgive mission hills but anyway we i think it's the urban Um, ministries like Open Door and other places can be great training grounds for the suburban church to come down and find out, you know, kind of get some expertise in working with poor um, communities, and then they can take that information back to their own communities and and do it. Um, You know, we've learned a lot over the years of how to do things, how not to do things, and um, it's better not to reinvent the wheel. And so, um, yeah, it's ex- it's exciting, though, because a lot of suburban churches have large properties, large um, buildings that often go 
they sit unused for mm -hmm. many days of the week, um, or maybe they're just used a little bit here and there, and there's a lot of resources there. I kind of have a maybe scandalous opinion on this, where I think that what we need to do is uh, reinvigorate our theology of the body of Christ. Because as I work with pastors with the Kaleo Project, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is how overburdened they are by administrative duties and the fact of the transient nature of a lot of their staff. It's, it's, kind of, it's been kind of a, a joke among us uh, leaders in the Young Adult Initiative that when we started the program, they thought, oh, millennials are so transient. They're, they leave they, and they don't come back, and how can we minister to a transient population? But what we found is that everyone here in Denver is transient. Exactly. Like, who isn't transient at this point? Well, I, I mean, as a, a pastor um, of an urban church, I definitely can appreciate the, the changing what you're talking about. And, um, yeah, we have so many staff transitioning in and out. Sometimes you feel like as a pastor all you do is you're just trying to sort of keep the wheels motion in motion mm -hmm. because you're always having to train new people and and then sort of some of the things that you want to do get put on the back burner because there's so much transition you're just trying to do the thing the same things over and over again yeah and then you have to do the sunday sermon and you have to do course, the service yeah. and yeah those are the things that you can't let go but the things that you can let go sometimes are those extra programs that reach out into the community and and stuff and it's like uh you, you want to do more things, but it's hard. Do you think that it would help to, to help? Because so many people, it seems like a lot of Christians will go to church on a Sunday and they get the service, and yet they miss out on the joys of serving. Um, is, do you think that there would be a benefit of helping the congregation and helping the body of Christ to learn the joy of serving, to learn the passion of what it means to be able to give and to provide and to make a difference in their local communities. I mean, definitely. Um, that's actually one of the our big focuses at Open Door Ministries is trying to provide those types of opportunities for groups all over the metro area. We have um, literally thousands of volunteers that come down um, throughout the year and serve in some kind of way. Sometimes it's like their small group will come down, their Sunday school class will come down. Um, they'll sometimes they'll come down individually and help with one of our particular ministries. But um, there are so many opportunities, and and people love it. You know, they often will tell us that they get more out of it than what they're giving. And I think both are true. They're they're giving a lot, and people are receiving, but they also are are getting a lot out of it, and it's a blessing. Um, and so that's definitely an area we provide um, as far as we provide opportunities for that. But I think all over we need more opportunities for that right in our own backyards, not just downtown. Yeah, I think it would be, you know, so helpful to open, you know, people's eyes to the needs that are all around them mm -hmm. and to be able to spiritually grow through service. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things as far as helping the poor is that and the easiest way to serve is by doing relief work. Relief work is like basically helping the immediate need that you see. So mm -hmm. if somebody 
needs clothes, just give them clothes. If they need food, food bank, you know, things like that. Things that help you for a day or maybe a week, but they don't really change the outcome of your, your life. Um, what we really need in America in, among the poor is development work. Development work is where we're helping people change their, the trajectory of their life for the next five, ten years, and you know, really their whole life. And those kinds of programs are so much harder to create and operate, and they cost a lot more money. So, Can you give an example of sure. a development work? Yeah, like a transitional housing program would be more like a development work. So you're bringing people in, um, they're staying maybe for two years, and you're training them. These are, these are the kinds of work that Open Door Ministries does. We try to do mostly development work. And so in this housing, they're learning how to get a better job. They're working on their education. They're working on their, their addictions, uh, different mental health issues. They're focusing on all of these areas that are really holding them back from, from living a, a successful, normal life. And so, um, so many, it's so much easier to run a food bank. I mean, it doesn't cost that much money. You can just use one of the rooms in your church and people will donate a bunch of extra food. But that doesn't really help people that much. But buying like an apartment complex and mm -hmm. then getting staff to run that apartment complex and then to allow people to live there for lower rent for two years, it's very, takes a lot of work. It's very expensive. So we need suburban churches to start realizing like that's more what needs to be done. I mean, cold weather shelters are great, but they're just, it's more relief. And we right. need them to do more development work. And, um, and so that's just a trend that, I mean, both are important, but actually I would say development work is more important because that's what's really going to change the longer-term trajectory of poverty. Well, you know, I can actually speak into the transitional housing that Open Door Ministry offers. One of the people that I befriended through one of the ministries that associated with Open Doors, Second Chances, I met a young woman who is a single mom who lived in this transitional housing, and she had been addicted to drugs for many, many years. I mean, from the time she was an early teen, she had a young son, and she was desperately trying to change her life. But because she had this housing, she was able to get a reliable job. She was able to go back to college. She was able to get sto sober and stay sober, and she was able to turn her life around. There were other women that, um, um, at the time, I, there were other women who were, had been trafficked, mm -hmm. and they were trying to learn how to stay out of that, er that lifestyle because that lifestyle is so lucrative. You can be trafficked, and you can earn a lot of money versus going to work at McDonald's and what these programs were providing were an alternative lifestyle that was a healthier option for them, right. rescuing them from, th from those circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely essential that we look at the long-term picture. When women and men come into our transitional housing, we, we want to talk to them about what their goals are. You know, what are your five-year goals? What are your 10-year goals? A lot of times, they haven't even been able to think about that goals right because it's more they were just in survival mode so we talk about moving them out of survival mode and then into a mode where they can start working on long-term goals but 
in order to get out of survival mode, you have to be safe. You have to have some housing. You have to know your kids are safe. You have to have food to eat. And so you have to provide some of those basic things. But then you don't just keep giving it away. Like we charge um, a little bit of rent, not full rent. doesn't cover everything, but we at least charge some rent at our transitional housing because we want them to start getting in the habit of realizing, okay, there's bills to pay, there's normal life to do, and, and they, re they respond to that. And within a couple months, I would say pretty much 100% of our residents are working. They're, that's they're, amazing. Yeah, they're finding jobs. Even It might be a minimum wage job, but that's just a start, starter job, and then they find something better, and, and they move up from there. But I would say some of the people that I've met in that circumstance, they are so proud of those jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't belittling them. I'm just saying that those jobs sometimes aren't going to be enough to f pay for your family. But, yes, they're very proud of them, and they should be because they're, they're back, um, they're contributing to society, and they're doing well for themselves, and they're, they're sober, and, and it's great. It's exciting to see and how proud of themselves they are, and they're growing in Christ. And, um, you know, some of the best Christian stories in our country are coming out of, you know, those urban communities. Yeah. Well, Open Door Ministries has 18 different programs. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of a rundown of yeah. your top five. Okay, top five, yeah. Hopefully none of the staff are listening. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, well, we, ha we break those 18 down into four different categories. So housing area, housing programs, um, employment programs or job training and then youth programs and outreach programs. So just some of the, some of the bigger ones that, that we have, like in the outreach, we have the family room. The family room is um, basically part of kind of the front entryway, um, not entryway, but foyer of our church. And it's about a 2,000 square foot area and it's open Monday through Thursday and then on Saturday mornings as well. And people from the streets can just come in, get out of the, get out of the cold, get out of the weather, use the restroom, get a free cup of coffee, um, get some clothes. But more than that, they can meet some staff who care about them and who can kind of send them to the next step. Um, so it's a, it's a welcoming place. That's why we call it the family room because we want them to know that, hey, your family here, we love you. And so that's, that's kind of the front door for open door ministries. Mm -hmm. People can come in and get to know us best. Um, and then we have our... Um, transitional housing programs, which there's there's several different programs, but a lot of them are very similar to each other. So I'll kind of treat them as as one because they're basically two-year programs where um, women or men can come into and, like I was sharing before, we work on goals, we work on addiction recovery, relationships, and they start getting jobs and they move toward really self-sufficiency. And we also integrate spirituality and discipleship right into all of those programs and so almost everybody comes to christ and it's, it's really exciting and not that they have to be christians to be in the program or anything like that but um they see the love that is there and so many of them just you know accept christ as their savior um uh, another one of our big programs probably actually our biggest as far as financially and staff is our learning center for little kids so we start with three-year-olds and go up through 12-year-olds, and it's basically a before and after school program, and then the preschoolers stay there all day. Yeah, And it's really designed not just for the kids, but for the moms, because most of the families are single parent homes, so single moms, 
and they need to go back to work. They need to go, go get their education. And so they bring their kids to us. We take hopefully really good care of their kids, and um, then they can be free to do the things that they need to do to really further their, their lives. And then the last one I'll talk about is just our um, print shop. We have a t-shirt print shop that um, we make, actually do embroidery twos for hats and different things. And we employ homeless people or other people that have been out of work for a while um, to work in that. And we do shirts for churches and businesses and nonprofits all over the city that you know might need like 500 shirts for a 5K that they're doing. And we can do those for them and employ people that need employment. That's amazing. I mean, Open Door Ministries is probably one of the most expansive ministries that I know of in the Denver metro area. And so I just want to kind of commend you for, for what you've built. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I mean, it is it is broad um, as far as the different types of things. And, you know, it's just a different philosophy. Some organizations really zero in on one area, which is great. Um, we kind of see the broad need of, of people. Um, you know, somebody who needs housing also needs childcare, and they also need a job. So we've tried to just expand to those different areas over the years. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's hard for a single mom to focus on bettering herself, bettering her career, if she's worried about her child and worrying about maybe behavioral issues, maybe worrying about, you know, other people that are influencing their lives. I mean, because for moms, many moms, their children are the top of their mind. And if they know that someone is taking care of them well, they're able to move forward and start bettering their career and yeah. thus bettering the the lifestyle their ch children are able to have yeah def definitely i mean it's a it's a holistic approach um there's kind of seven areas that we believe that everyone needs to grow in in order to have like a successful life and you know the seven areas just real quick are like housing education employment um, spirituality relationships, um, healthy behaviors, and leadership development. And if you just target one of those areas, you know, just housing, you know, what about, um, you know, education? What about mm -hmm. employment? And no, not every organization can do everything. And an open or ministry certainly doesn't do everything. But we, we want to take a holistic approach to people's lives and trying to help them in all those different areas. Yeah. So... You know, if listeners are wondering, how can they help the homeless? How can they learn more about the homelessness in their area or urban ministries? What would be your advice to them? Um, I would say come, come down and get involved. Um, there's a lot of ways, not just with Open Door, but Open Door has a lot of ways for people to get involved at the ground level working with homeless individuals. So we, we do serve um, several meals a week. Um, we have a Sunday evening meal that's after our, our evening church service, and we're looking for groups to serve that meal. They come in, they purchase, prepare, serve, clean up, and we also encourage them to eat with the people. You know, don't just serve, but grab a plate and sit down at the table with somebody right. and talk to them. You have a conversation, ask them how they're, you know, people love, the homeless individuals in that setting at least love to share their stories. They're not, they're not shy. They would love to tell what's been going on in their lives. And um, so Well, that makes easy. them feel seen. Yeah, As far exactly. as if you're just serving them, 
you're not, they don't necessarily feel seen. But if you sit down next to them and you talk to them, they feel seen and heard. Yeah, for sure. And then, so we have that on Sunday evenings, Saturday mornings. And then um, the family room, we're always looking for volunteers. And we're open from, uh, like I said, like 8 a.m. to I think 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And we're always looking for people just to come down and just hang out, Mm -hmm. just be present, um, talk to people, pray with people, um, build a relationship. And, you know, in the room at any given time, there might be 20 people, 10 people, you know, 30 people. So there's always somebody to talk to. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, And finally, if if people are moved to to help or donate, um, donate time, donate money, where could they uh, contact you? Um, best thing is our website, which is odmdenver.org, um, or just Google Open Door Ministries Denver. But yeah, our we're always you know we always have to raise money. It's kind of crazy. Our budget for 2020 is 2.9 million, so it seems like it goes up every year. You know, it cost. probably does. Yeah, um, you know, minimum wage is going up, so that affects us as well. So we just encourage people to get involved that way but the website also has lots of volunteer opportunities so if you go to the join us tab and look under volunteer um, tons of volunteer opportunities there and um, kenzie van essen our volunteer coordinator would love to talk to you and talk to your group about how to get involved great well thank you so much for being with us david yeah and sharing with us what you're doing and thank you so much for the work that you do for greater denver well, well thanks so much You've been listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. Please reach out with comments or questions by writing to me at drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's drhaley at christiancurious.org. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email, drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, ChristianCurious.org. Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT. The preceding broadcast has been a public affairs presentation of AM 670 KLTT. God's Word. Worldwide at 670KLTT.com and all over Colorado in digital HD on AM 670 KLTT, Commerce City, Denver. For our contest terms and rules, go to the KLTT website, 670KLTT.com. How many times do I have to tell you it's bad manners to have your elbows on the dinner table? But why, Mother? Because I said so, that's why. But what's the point? The point is, mothers actually began saying that because that's the way sailors used to eat. Not due to bad manners, but to keep their plates from sliding off the table when they were at sea. Naturally, it became a habit even when on land. But in the days when press gangs would come looking for able-bodied men to join the Navy, they'd immediately spot someone who had prior experience at sea because he was eating with his elbows on the table. You're coming with us. Uh, What's happening? And they'd recruit him. You're in the Navy now, boy. No! (laughs) Fortunately, Jesus never used press gangs. He simply said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
But he also said anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Jesus won't force you, but he does invite you to follow him today. Find out more when you call 888-NEED-HIM or go to needhim.org. That's 888-NEED-HIM or needhim.org. 